Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. We are talking today about limitless knowledge. Limitless knowledge. This is week four of this semester. And the whole purpose of this is found in the introduction of the syllabus. So if you'll grab it, I'm going to read it with you and read it to you. And it says, For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge, according to the book of Proverbs. Knowledge is what we use to navigate our decisions. When we have the knowledge of God, our decision-making process is aligned within His Word and His Spirit. When our knowledge is rooted in Christ, our decision-making process for big things and small things are limitless. How many of you got that? How many of you understand that? Raise your hand. You get this, right? When you are rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus, that means that he will supply you with the ability to make better decisions because how many of you know that God knows everything? So the, 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 really the key to accessing limitless knowledge is found and tapping into a God who is limitless. The mind of God is so vast, so big, so grand. He knows all things. He knows the past, understands the past. He knows the present, and he knows the future. And he knows where you're at in life. And more than knowing about your life, he cares about where you're at and cares about where you're going concerning his will it is God's will for you to be fulfilled happy and in the perfect will of God to do what you were meant to do and find your purpose and not just for you but for your entire family for your entire family how many of you know that family is everything we are part of the family of God you have your family you have your children it is one of our highest values in this church. We do things not by vision, not by mission, but by values. And when we are value-driven, we have our priorities straight. This also helps with our decision-making. But God is first in our life. Are you ready for the Word of God? Let's do this. Let's do this. Psalms chapter 103, one of my favorite portions of Scripture. Psalms 103. And I'd like to also thank you for being patient with the process of the cafe happening right now. It's coming along. It's coming along. In case some of you don't know, that actually where the cafe is at was actually our classroom. And then we opened it up. We felt God lead us and direct us to do a cafe that's ran by special needs. This morning, we had a great special needs crowd. Our teachers were there. Our special needs were in the back, worshiping God during service. And we had a great time this morning. This morning, the sanctuary was full. I'm not saying we're doing it, but I'm just saying that right now, it looks like we may have to go to three services. We're just getting so packed around here. The back row has helped out so much. That's left some open spaces. But we are growing. We are having growing pains right now. How many of you have ever had growing pains? Growing pains is a good thing. doesn't feel good, but it's a good thing. Are you ready to grow spiritually? Say, Lord Jesus, teach me. Help me. Help me receive it. Help Pastor Bobby. Okay, here we go. A Psalm of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul, 
and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now he is singing a song to himself. I want you to think about this. Bless the Lord, O my soul. He's bringing to remembrance how good God is. No matter how bad you've got it, it seems, in this world, always remember that if you've got Jesus, you're still good. And God is still good because God is still able to do something in your life. So he's trying to remind himself, and he's singing it in a song. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Here are the benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity. Who heals all your diseases. Who forgives all of your iniquity. And all of your diseases. That's huge. But he also redeems all your life destruction moments when we make mistakes. How many of you have ever made mistakes? And you thought to yourself, well, I really messed it up now. I don't know how we're going to get out of this. Well, here's the good news. Again, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things. In other words, he gives you the words sometimes that when you don't have the words to speak and to release so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. A spiritual condition of flying above your circumstances will happen when you learn how to praise God. So God will give you good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. But here's what I want to highlight for you. He made his ways known to Moses... And his acts to the children of Israel. In other words, God showed himself and how the how to and the why to Moses. But the children of Israel just saw the acts, they saw the miracles, they saw the ten plagues, they saw the pillar, pillar of fire and the cloud of that, that, that shaded them during the day. And then they saw the, the Red Sea split. But Moses knew how it happened. Moses had knowledge and understanding of how to see the hand of God move. For the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in mercy, and he will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them who what? Fear him, which means a reverence and honor towards God. And literally, it means to fear God, to know that God calls the shots. And there are consequences for disobeying. Much like you had when your mom and dad came out with the chancla. You knew they meant business. Or the bell. You know, have you ever experienced that popping of the... Nobody... Y'all are afraid to say it because you're afraid that somebody's going to call the authorities on you. 
For as the, high, as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so has he removed our transgressions from us. Somebody shout, hallelujah. As the father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. Limitless knowledge begins with the fear of God and the understanding that when we honor God and that we put him first, it's not really tapping into all knowledge more than it is tapping to, into a God's heart who has all things and knows all things. The key is Jesus. How many of you need to have knowledge in your life? You want to know what to do, how to do it. How many of you want knowledge and want understanding and need a clear plan, need a blueprint, need understanding? And how many of you need strategy for life? Wouldn't it be grand if someone just handed it to you? Well, can I tell you, when you got saved and born again, God put something inside of you that was great and that was greater than your present circumstances that can help you. He has the answer. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Now, somebody give the Lord a hand clap and tell him, Lord Jesus, I receive right now i receive right now in jesus name in jesus name and you can be seated here this sunday morning thank you for standing when you came into church we handed you a palm for palm sunday today is palm sunday if you didn't get a palm well raise up your palms everybody's got two most This palm branch represents the palms that were laid on the ground, the palm branches that were laid on the ground at the grand entrance of the Messiah into Jerusalem upon the time that he would be taken into the hands of the religious world. If you know anything about the story in the life of Christ, he had never allowed them to recognize or to put the kingship title upon him self he always hid himself in fact one time they were trying to take him and wanted to make him king but he ran and hid because it wasn't his time but there was an appointed time for him to establish himself and i believe that he knew during that duration of time that he would have to wait for the right opportune moment because the moment that he would acknowledge that he knew that the religious world would be in an upheaval. He knew that the religious world would begin to persecute, to dominate, and to try to take over what he was trying to do because it wasn't the first time people had had followers, but they had followers like Jesus did, but they had never seen anybody do it like Jesus. They never heard anyone talk like Jesus talked. They never seen the miracles that Jesus performed. But towards the end of his ministry, he did one thing, and this is where the trouble began or the crucifixion and the trials and the accusations became very clear, and they accused him of blasphemy. When he came in in that grand entrance into Jerusalem, he came in riding on an animal like a king, and people would come in and lay the branches down, signifying royalty and honor, and recognized his kingship, and he never denied it. He accepted it. What that did was begin to catapult him into his destiny, and he began to arouse the religious sect, and they came after him 
But it was only because he began the transition. And these palm branches are just a reminder of our king, of who he is, what he's done, and his majesty on that day that he began to reveal who he really was. Palm Sunday was the beginning of him revealing himself to the world. And upon doing so, it began to change the dynamic of what people and how they perceived him. To some, it was excitement, and to others, it became a thorn in their flesh, if you will. But nonetheless, Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And I'm so thankful for the cross this Sunday morning. How about you? So thankful for the cross. Because perception is everything, and how you perceive God is how you'll receive from God. In fact, how people perceive you is how they will receive from you. It's true, you can't judge a book by its cover. You can't judge a book by its cover. You can't judge someone right away just because they don't drive the car that you like, live in the house that you live in. Wear the same clothes that you wear. Because God looks way beyond materialism. God looks at the heart. God is pleased with the condition of the heart. A heart that's hungry for him. This was the same thing that happened to David. Based on people's perception of David is how they received him. Until, until he fought Goliath. After fighting Goliath, they looked past the physical makeup, they saw the heart of him, and he began to receive accolades. He began to be feared. If you can think about this for a moment after his brothers and his fathers described him, he wasn't even considered in the lineup to be king when the prophet came and asked for him. His sons, he was a ruddy boy, a lad, young boy, young complexion. Wasn't even considered, but he was going to be the most influential, dominant king there ever was, especially one when it comes to warfare and being great. And God began to establish David. And when God began to establish David, it's because the people's perception of David began to shift. So they would sing songs it's like, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. Perception began to change. In fact, throughout the entire scripture, you're going to find that some of the greatest men that were ever used by God, some of the greatest women that were ever used by God had a different perception of God in their life than everyone else. This is where things begin to change in history. In the mind of David, David, before anyone knew him, God had already prepared him, and he faced Goliath with the point of contact of his faith by his past experience telling the king, O king, God has delivered into my hands before a lion and a bear. And he'll do the same thing concerning this Philistine. Don't worry, God is with me. It was David's perception of God that brought greatness from people's perception of David. Let me say it again. It was David's perception of God 
able to handle a lion and a bear whom he killed with his own hands. That brought greater perception of, from the people who saw David as a little boy to shifting that thinking once Goliath happened to making him a great warrior. If you want people to perceive you differently, start perceiving God differently. And then the transition will take place. People will begin to come to you. People will begin to approach you because of your experiences that you have in life with God or with people. People will begin to be drawn to you, not because of the way you look, but because of what you have experienced. In fact, this was the case for almost everyone in the scripture. So when God approached Moses, God approached Moses through a burning bush. And through that one burning bush experience, God revealed himself to Moses. God had to reveal himself to Moses in a way that he could go back to his people and he could face Pharaoh. And he said one thing. He needed a point of reference. Watch this. He needed a point of reference for his faith. He needed to know, God, if they ask me who sent me, who, who do I tell them or what do I say? And, and God said as he revealed himself to Moses, tell them the I am has sent you. I am. I, self Existing, all-powerful Elohim. I am that I am. I am the one who's going to bring you out. I am the one that's going to bring judgment on Pharaoh. I am the one that's going to execute the ten plagues. I am the one that's going to bring you out of Egypt. I am the one that's going to bring the miracle signs and wonders to follow you through the wilderness. I am the one that's going to heal you when you are bit by the serpent. I am the one that's going to bring water from a rock and let it flow when you're thirsty. I am everything. He put no limits on anything for Moses. And I am also going to reveal myself to you, Moses, that you have access to me. I am your source. I am your resource. So in the life of Moses, there was no restriction to that revelation because you understand now, Moses had to pursue God. Moses had access to limitless knowledge. You ready? Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. And that first book in the book of Genesis was creation. The I am in Moses' life revealed how things happened before there was anything on this earth. The I am revealed himself through creation, how he created it, and Moses wrote everything down and interpreted that. The I am also revealed to Moses the law, the very rules that were necessary to keep God's people in favor with him and right standing with him. The I am also gave him a system in place called the tabernacle as a form of worship. 
to be in right standing to put the presence of God in a box called an Ark of the Covenant. He gave him knowledge and understanding of all that needed to transpire to lead millions of Israelites out. Moses is the only one back to back, 40 days, back to back, 80 days, fasting and praying up in a mountaintop, having an experience where he saw the very finger of God carve out those stone tablets and put in the law. Moses knew everything. The reason why, if you look at a little bit closer, Moses hid in the cliff of the rock and said, Lord, show me your hinder parts of who you are. And it isn't amazing how Moses got all of the history of God. What I'm trying to tell you is based on your revelation and experience with God, you have access to God in that area. If you look at this slide right here, this is some of the names that God revealed himself to his people. You're familiar with some of these, but this is how God revealed himself. And many times after God revealed himself, that was the point of contact that people had. To Abraham, he was Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides this moment happened when he was on the mount, and when he was on the mount offering the sacrifice, he named it this because God provided the sacrifice and God gave that which was necessary. God is a provider. How many of you know that God provides? <laughs> Abraham lacked for nothing. Abraham knew when he laid down his best that God would give him the rest and take care of everything else. He learned a principle in that moment that he couldn't learn anyplace else, and he set it up as a landmark for his faith, Jehovah Jireh. The Lord provides. The Lord provides. And then when you look at there closer again, then there's, there's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. You find this in Exodus chapter 15 where he says, I am Jehovah who heals you both in body and soul, in body by persevering, preserving from and curing diseases, and in the soul and by pardoning your iniquities. This is the one that raises a lot of questions because I, like you, have seen my loved ones who had cancer, who had diseases, tumors, different diseases, Believe God to heal, and they were never healed in this world. How many of you have ever, let's be honest, because we don't like to mention this because we feel like it will kill our faith. But how many of you have had loved ones and asked God to heal, and God never did, like heal them in the way you wanted them to be healed? Raise your hand. I had a brother who had cancer. His faith was so strong, he had a brain tumor. He would have those grandma seizures that were so bad. The doctor told him he had six months to live. If he had surgery, maybe two years. He walked out of that diagnosis in that moment with the doctors and said, you're telling me if I have the surgery, I'm dead, and if I live, I'm dead. He said, ah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk on water. He lived for 14 years longer. But during that 14 years, during that 14 years, he would have episodes and moments. I watched him one time for 24 hours straight. 
He had medication to stop the seizures. And I watched him for 24 hours straight on the second. Every 15 minutes for 24 hours, he would have a seizure on the second. But every time when he came out, he would say, thank you, Lord, for healing me. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. I know this is kind of grotesque, but he had blood coming out of his mouth from biting his tongue. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. He never lost faith. But I saw him lay hands on other people, and God healed their cancer. I saw him pray for miracles, and I saw God perform miracles. And I saw his faith grow stronger, and I asked God why. And this is the answer. As Enoch walked with the Lord and was not so was he. Sometimes we walk with God, he gives us something better and transitions us from this life to the next. My brother is healed right now. My brother is whole right now. Let me go further. Your family member is made whole right now. They are healed right now. They are the blessed ones because they have already gone to the next life. They have a new body. They have a new soul. They have a new experience. No more tears. No more sorrow. No more pain. They are with the Lord. So I'm going to tell you that Jehovah Rapha still is in existence today. And they are made whole. God is still a healer. God is still a deliverer. Come on, somebody. How many of you know that God is faithful to his word? If we understood the next life, we wouldn't be so worried in this life because God's promises are yea and amen. You've got to keep the faith. You have to stay strong. God is faithful who has called us. And then there's Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner. And in Exodus chapter 7, it was a place understood to rally together in a particular place to give God honor and to celebrate victory. And there was Jehovah M. Kaddish. This is the Lord who sanctifies and makes holy. In the book of Leviticus, he solidifies and says that, you know, the blood is brought and you have the traditions and have the rituals, but I'm the only one that can make holy, for God is holy. And there's a reason why the angels of God surrounded the throne when you read it from the prophet. They didn't cry out. The angels never cried out and said, loving, loving, loving. They never said, wise, wise, wise. They never said, powerful, powerful, powerful. But what they did cry out was, holy, 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 because it makes God everything that he is and separates us from him. But because of the blood, he calls us righteous and holy in his eyes. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. If you've ever been forgiven, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. This is how he revealed himself. Jehovah Elohim, the Lord God, signifying two titles of God. El, God. The unnamed God of Yahweh, which they added the consonants. They added the vows to the word because they never spoke the name of God. And then him to give that position of lordship, which Elohim means the Lord of lords, signifying who he is greater than, and he is awesome, and he is more powerful and has all authority. 
He revealed himself as the great shepherd, Jehovah Rohai, the Lord our shepherd. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. And Jehovah Sabbath, the Lord of hosts. Jesus, when he came into this world, the scripture says that he wasn't just any man, but he was the son of God, the very fulfillment of everything that we read in the Old Testament. God wanted to do something for you and I to reveal himself in a new way as he did to himself to every patriarch and matriarch that preceded us. I want you to know that we are living in a time and an age where Jesus is not just the name of the Son of God, but Jesus has been given the name that is above every name. That the name of Jesus, one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. The name of Jesus is powerful. The name of Jesus is feared by devils. The name of Jesus has to be over every other name. Cancer, disease, sickness, iniquity, addictions, and everything else. That's why we pray in that name. But there's a reason why. It's not just the name. It's what God put in the name. It's what God put in the name. So everything that we see and know in the Old Testament and the expression of God, God simplified it to give us access at one point for our faith. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 10. It says, As you therefore have received Christ Lord, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheats you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. In other words, you got to be careful because everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a philosophy. Most people's religion now is based on two words, be kind. I believe in being kind. I believe kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. But I also believe in being in love with God, with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength. Yeah, there's more than one fruit of the Spirit. There's nine of them all together. And they all are characterized under the character of God and the inspiration of the Spirit of God. And there's one thing that comes out that's primarily, I think, the most important thing that can happen. As you pursue God, as you love on God, you have the nature of God that embodies you. And through the nature of God that embodies you, you begin to love other people. And you begin to worship God with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength and things begin to change. And it's through that relational experience that God begins to reveal himself to you. God himself shows himself to you. If you want to know how to have the mind of Christ, then you must submit your heart to the heart of God. Submitting yourself to God is submitting your will. Let me simplify it for you. Take time every day to talk to God. Every day before you talk to anybody else, talk to God first. Speak to Jesus. 
reveal your heart and God will reveal his to you. So as you were built and rooted in him and established in your faith, you have been taught abounding with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you from philosophy because everyone has their own philosophy according to the tradition of men and not according to Christ. But listen to what he says here in verse 9. Why? For in him who? Jesus. Everyone say in him. For in him, Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him. Who's complete? You're complete. I'm complete. Are you a believer in Christ Jesus? Come on, somebody. Are you a believer in Christ Jesus? Did you make him your Lord and Savior? Did you allow him to put his spirit in you? I'm telling you that if you've got Jesus in your life and you have the spirit of Christ, then you belong to him. You're not your own. You're not somebody else's. You're not the world. You're not the culture. You're not the government. You belong to the kingdom of God who has a king who's greater than anything else in any system in this world. The kingdom of God is inside of you. You have Christ and all the fullness of God. Every way that God revealed himself in the Old Testament is in Jesus, and Jesus is in you. And you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. If you believe in God, you better believe that there's a devil. I'm just being honest. Stop being naive. We can't be naive Christians and think that everything's all good. There is an enemy out there that wants to manipulate and rob you and take you from your blessing and your calling. And he does it through philosophy. He does it through vain ideas, men's, men's religion, and into deceit, as the scripture says. But there is a God. But there is a name that is above every name. But there is a person who loves you and gave his life for you who will give you his mind who will give you his peace who will give you his spirit who will anoint you and all the fullness of God himself is in him bodily what does that mean bodily okay is Christ the head right of all things and if he's the head then the church is called the what the body and then God says he's Filled with the Godhead bodily through you. And when he says he is over all principality and power because you and I are seated with him. See what I'm saying right now? I'll get you a little bit excited and give you a little bit of faith and help you understand who you are. You don't need to be pushed around. You don't need to be governed by these emotions and upheavals of what's going on in the community and the culture and everything else because there is a kingdom that can't be shaken inside of you because he is a God that feels all things and knows all things. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is, Jehovah, he is Elohim. He is Adonai. He is the great one, the mighty one. He has never lost a battle. He is so strong and so mighty. My God, as a Sunday school song used to sing, is so big and so mighty. There is nothing that he cannot do. So if the devil's under his feet, 
You're not, I mean, look at your papas right now. He's under your feet right now. So in your mind, you have to know that I'm not going to let him distract me, intimidate me. I'm not going to get discouraged if I go into prayer, if I go to seek him, even though I have some resistance there. I'm going to keep on pressing through because I know the reality. The reality is, is that I am filled with the fullness of God because I have Jesus, and Jesus is greater, and Jesus is stronger, and Jesus is wiser, and he knows all things. I want you to remember this, write this down. Number one, I'm going to go through these points and I'm coming to a close. Number one, knowing Jesus removes limitations. You can't limit a God who is limitless. Knowing Jesus allows you to have access to the mind of Christ, the mind of God. But it is very possible to be religious and come to church and yet not know him. It is very possible to read your Bible and have written knowledge or hear a sermon and have conversational knowledge, yet not know him. Because knowing is experiencing. Having knowledge and then verification of that knowledge are two different things. Right? Okay, for an example, there used to be a day that we used to buy cookbooks. How many of you still have cookbooks in your... Okay, great. Now, um, are you a great cook now? Do you know the recipes? Have you even used it? You understand what I'm saying? Having a library doesn't make you wise. It makes you look smart, but you're got to read it. Then after you read it, you have to apply it, right? Go stand in your garage. Doesn't make you a car. A good friend of mine said, pens don't write books, right? Are you ready? Coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. That hurt, didn't it? Remember that? Y'all don't know nothing about that. Coming to church means something when you apply what you know. Reading the word of God means something when you apply what you know. So hearing God and knowing God are two different things. Well, explain that to me, Pastor Bobby. Be happy to. John chapter 1, verse 29. This is... In the mouth of Jesus himself, the greatest prophet there ever was, John the Baptist. John the Baptist, it says, the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's a strong prophecy. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. Acknowledging his deity, his lordship. But verse 31, listen to what he says. I did not know him. He, he was even, he was his cousin. But I 
don't know him. Well, he just told everybody who he was. There's a difference between having the knowledge of God and knowing your God. It is very, very important to understand that you can come to church, that you can read your Bible, you can do all those things, but if you don't pursue him to know him or experience him, you're missing out on the greatest part of this whole Christian walk. It's to be like Christ, but you cannot be like Christ unless you apply what you know. But God will remove the limitations because God isn't limited by your experience. But he, right here, but he that he should be revealed to Israel, therefore I am baptizing with water. And John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he remained on him. But again, he says, I did not know him. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining, that is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. For I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God, but I didn't know him. John was in a different dispensation that the church would be in prior because he was the one sent to prepare the way of the Lord. But you and I would enter into that new dispensation of grace and empowerment and favor that would come through the sacrifice of Jesus, that would come from the outpouring of his spirit, that would allow us to be tangible, to, to have something very tangible in our life, the very presence of God that was put in a box, kept within a system that was given to Moses by knowledge, would now be released into the world through the very, very, very ark of the covenant and the embodiment of Jesus Christ that would break every barrier to release what was inside of him into the world. And so simultaneously, when the body of Christ gave its last breath on the cross, the temple of God and the veil rent from top to bottom, signifying that what was in a box was now going to be coming out and given to all the world. And it's not going to be religious, but it's going to be an experience where everybody can be a carrier of the presence of God. So now God has placed his spirit inside of you, enabling you to tap into the mind of God, enabling you to experience something in your life that every patriarch had in portions. God put it all together in Christ Jesus. And now we have access. Point number two and the last point, and I'm coming to a close. Experiencing Jesus leads to limitless knowledge. Limitless knowledge. To know all things and understand all things according to your purpose. I'm going to say something I feel like I need to say. So you can understand what's happening in the world. There's only one mediator or one medium between God and man, and that's Jesus Christ. To know all things. I want you to be careful, and I know you won't probably hear this in a lot of places, but I, I'm, I, I feel a check, and I'm just going to give it to you and tell you, be careful for all these psychic mediums that you're following. Be careful. You've got to be careful with that kind of nonsense. Those aren't their family members. 
It is in the scripture. It is appointed once for a man to die, then they're forever to be with the Lord. Those spirits that stick around that were influencers in their lives have mocked them. They're called familiar spirits. Those familiar spirits have been around for a long time, and there are people that are sensitive to them, and they have been around your family members trying to get them. Some of them had it. Some of them don't. But if they've been covered by the blood, they have no access to that spirit. It happened in, it happened in the scriptures. I can show it to you and take time. That'd be another day. Even when Samuel, when they called him back from the grave, that wasn't Samuel that came out of the grave. That was a familiar spirit. The witches of Endor. When people are talking to what they call your family, they are talking to spirits that are familiar, that know them and understand them and been around them, that were assigned to them to destroy them. And they mock them and they know certain things. And people... Your loved one has passed. They're forever to be with God. God doesn't cause confusion like that. So be careful for people that are these so-called mediums. There's only one mediator between God and man, and that's Jesus. That's why it's confusing for some people. Some people want to go and try to get a psychic medium to meet their, reach their loved ones. Be careful. That's witchcraft. That, that's, that's very, very, very bad. When the apostle Paul was walking and he was being followed by someone with a familiar spirit, it was a woman of divination, a person who was giving their fortune to the business people, and she would mock by saying, these are the servants of the Most High God. Follow them. They'll show you the way. And finally, after three days, I don't know why it took three days, but he walked for three days. If you read it in the book of Acts, he finally turned around and said, get out of her, you dumb spirit. He called her a familiar, uh, I mean, he just called it right out for what it was. And she left, and the, and the scripture says that all the business people were upset because she would tell them their fortune. But it was a devil. And actually trying to make itself associated with God's servants. No association. Paul finally got tired of it and said, get out of her. And left. Don't let the devil mock you and try to make you think that there's another way. I'm saying this to stand up for Jesus to tell you that your family is with God. Your loved ones are with God. And the comfort and the peace that God gives you is a verification that they are okay, that they are with him. They're in the hands of the Lord. But your comfort and your peace comes from your mediator. It comes from your advocate. There's only one advocate between humanity and God, and that's Christ Jesus. Don't let anybody else fool you. Please don't fall into that. It's entertaining, Pastor Bobby. Of course it is. That's why they're making TV shows about it. Therefore, I also, after I've heard of your faith, Ephesians chapter 1, in the Lord Jesus and your love for the saints, did not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the Lord God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. This is Paul writing to the Ephesian church where the Ephesian church, actually in the upper coast of Ephesus, they followed a lot of false gods. They didn't even know the name of God. But he's talking to a people now that were saved and delivered from that. That the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, being enlightened, that you may know, 
Now he talked about knowing, but recognize before knowing, he talked about revelation and the knowledge of him, that you may know what is the hope of his calling for what the riches of his glory inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of the mighty power which he worked in Christ when he was raised from the dead and seated at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, and dominion, and, 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 and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, every name that is named, because every name that is named, everything that is there is subject to the name that is above all names. Not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet. Somebody say, he's under, they're under my feet. Say, my circumstances, my problems, my emotions, every spirit, every force that's trying to work against my family. I say, say it right now. Say, you are under my feet. You are under my feet. Get under my feet. Who is the head of all things of the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who feels all in Oh, when you get connected, come on, Haley, when you get connected to Christ and you go and learn how to walk with him, you are literally, literally receiving the heart of God and being transformed and being in field and getting revelation, but that revelation leads to experience. So every day should be, Lord, touch me. Help me know. Help me see. Don't let me just read about you. Help me to experience you. Help me to experience you. If you're hungry for him, I want you to stand to your feet here right now. We're going to pray. We're going to have a prayer. We're going to have a moment of impartation. That means that I'm going to pray something, and you, if you're in agreement with it and you receive it, if everything I have said resonates with you, don't take my word for it. Go back home. Go to the YouTube channel. Go to our Facebook page. Take every scripture I had given and do the research for yourself. Never take anyone's word for it. Take the word of God's word. Take God's word for it. But what I'm going to pray right now in agreement with you is that through Jesus, everything you have heard and everything that you know, that he would begin to give you an experience that would validate it and grow you in experiences beyond what you know. Because you can have access to limitless knowledge in him as he gives it to you through relationship for your particular needs and where you're at in your life. Having limitless knowledge does not mean that you get to know all things, and that's what I was going to say a moment ago. There are some people that have a gift of prophecy and prophets that are in existence, but that knowledge is given to them based on the assignment God has given them. It's an assignment that everyone has. So based on your assignment, God will give you knowledge, prior knowledge, past knowledge, future knowledge, present knowledge, if you're in his will. But in order to be in the will of God, you have to let your will conform to his will and walk with him, and he will help you. God doesn't give you limitless knowledge like you know everything because you can't handle everything. You start your own TV show, right? You'll start your own show. 
I want the wisdom of Solomon. Do you really? You want to know why Solomon was a wise man? Because Solomon had a lot of problems he had to deal with. That wisdom didn't come for free. That wisdom had to be experienced and exercised through problems. Read it. The first problem he had was with the child that had died in, his, in, their, in their bed. And it was two mamas that were fighting over the body, over the live child. And that's when the wisdom of God was executed and experienced and exercised. So when you pray for something, understand that there's a process that you have to go through. You can't just get limitless knowledge. You have to have an experience and a pursuit of God and be in the will of God to have access to the mind of God. Does that make sense? Now, if you want it, just raise your hands and say, God, give me a desire to seek you daily. Come on right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, anoint us in this house. Anoint us right now to receive God a passion and a heart to pursue after your presence. We pray right now, Lord Jesus, that you would give us a desire to seek after the heart of God, that you would give us an understanding, that you would give us a reverence for the things of God. Father, right now, for every hungry heart that is here, that you would open up the understanding that this would be a pursuit of happiness and joy and pleasure concerning you. Let prayer become a pleasure in our lives. Let praise become a benefit, God, and a joy. Let there be words that come out of our mouth to renew us, God, to renew us, dear God, in a daily basis, dear Lord, and help us to, Father, become everything, everything that you have been called us to be. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that every person here would receive strength and have direction for their life concerning their purpose, that they would align themselves with the purpose of God. And as you begin, God, to interact with them and them interact with you, that you would reveal, God, your purpose and plans and that you would give them knowledge understanding and wisdom but let it begin by the fear of God in their life renew us with the fear of God in our life to understand that you come first that understand that we honor you first let every family grab a hold of the heart of God and let every mama and every daddy fall in love with you again let every person here fall in love with Jesus let there be a love God that passes all understanding let there be a love God that would go past every emotion let there be a love, God, to become the center of our pursuit. Let every person, God, let there be a desire rise within them right now. And let there be a fire that burns inside of us, God, to go after you as a deer would pant after the, rook, the brooks, dear God, and the streams of water. In the name of Jesus, let us be like trees planted by the rivers of water and grow and grow and grow come on Haley sing it thank you for listening to today's message if you liked what you heard be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend for more information about who we are visit riversidechurchtx.com